Hi, I'm Sam Fesich from the EduMagic Podcast, a part of the Education Podcast Network, just like the show you're listening to now. Shows on the network are individually owned and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other interesting education podcasts at edupodcastnetwork.com. Wouldn't it be great to have a day to renew, rethink, and reboot in these unprecedented times? That's the mission of the Impact Summit. This will be a moving forward, next day, implementable, every learner can be successful kind of day. Register your team today at impacteducationsummit.com. The date, June 23rd. The organizer is Susie Pepper Rollins, three-time author and national presenter. Just head to impacteducationsummit.com for details. Hey, welcome back. Steve here. And today I'm talking with Paul Johansson, who is the Chief Technology Officer for Edmentum. Today we're talking about AI. It's awesome talk. You're just going to love this conversation. Lots to learn. Thanks for listening. Hey, shout out to Locked On HUU for their awesome review of the podcast. And if you want to leave a, a review of the podcast, you can do that by going to stephenmaletto.com. And right there on my webpage is a place to review it. Or you can go to the platform you listen to me on and uh, rate and review that way. Thanks so much. Enjoy. You know, a couple of years ago, my... Uh my wedding band started having problems. I've had it for 34 years and uh, it started breaking at, at the backside of it. And we got it fixed a couple of different times. And then eventually not too long ago, one of those, that backside just fell out and it couldn't be fixed any longer. And I'm like, this is crazy. I, you know, I shouldn't have to deal with this. And, and so anyway, then a friend told me about uh, Boone Titanium Rings, and uh, which is at booneringscom And they have this incredible selection of titanium rings. And, and, uh, I now have a titanium ring as my wedding band. What's really cool is like it's an engraved ring that has uh, these cool car pistons on it and some stars. And, and the, I could have chosen from any kind of different stand, uh, styles, as well as they have all these other different types of rings, like uh, inlays that have meteorite, wood, acrylic, stone, and things like that. They also make uh, carved rings and, and a, just a, an assortment of other rings that uh, are just pretty amazing. They also make pendants and cufflinks and earrings, and as well as a couple different types of tools. Um, I got to tell you, something it's really cool because this ring's not going to break <laughs> and uh they, they'll make you happy and uh just as a note uh teaching learning leading k-12 um they've become an affiliate sponsor for us and so if you were to use our code which is capital t capital l capital l capital k the number 12 and uh, use that at checkout you get 10 percent off your ring and uh teaching learning leading k-12 gets a commission i think you're going to love their rings i know i'd love mine <laughs> You are listening to Teaching, Learning, Leading K-12, a podcast for educators, helping you help kids achieve their dreams. And now here's Steve with this week's show. Paul Johansson joined the Edmentum team in December of 2009 as chief architect, overseeing all software development, architecture, and data center operations. As chief architect, he led a team in launching the company's first SaaS offering, allowing development to expand and prog progress its ability to react to the needs of today's ever-changing educational landscape. In early 2012, Paul joined the Edmentum executive leadership team as chief technology officer. Prior to Edmentum, Paul focused on software architecture and software engineering leadership, consulting with large organizations like Microsoft. He also served as chief architect at Midwest Wireless and led a global development team at Deloitte. Outside of his role at Edmentum, Paul is a member of the SIF 
Math MN Standards and Frameworks Committee, which advises on the science and math standards used in Minnesota. He also serves on the IMS Global LTI Product Steering Committee, on the Carnegie Mellon Metals Program Review Committee, and has participated in advisory sessions for industry companies and organizations like Clever, Project Unicorn, and Digital Promise. Paul holds an MBA from MIT Sloan School of Management and a BBA from University of Minnesota Duluth. A little about Edminum. Edminum empowers educators to transform their approach and build school around the needs of each individual student through adaptive curriculum, research-based assessments for learning, and holistic educational services designed to make personalized learning an achievable reality for every student. Paul, thanks for joining me today and say hi to everyone. Well, thanks for having me. I'm uh, excited to be here and have a little conversation and hello to everyone out there. Well, we're glad you're here. And let's start with you. What got you interested in pursuing technology as your career path? Because you've done quite a bit of stuff and you still are. So, yeah, no, I still love it. I'm, I'm fortunate. I guess my mom always said, do something you love. And, and I think I'm fortunate to be able to do that and, and uh, just have a passion for technology and what we do. And certainly when you can connect it to a mission like we have at Admentum, that makes it even better. But I've always, you know, I've always enjoyed kind of being a builder and uh, putting things together and, and, being part of technology ever since I was little. Um, I was fascinated by computers, loved. We didn't, we didn't have a computer at my house until I was a senior in high school, um, but I always loved any chance I was able to get um, hands on a computer, work with a computer, just always fascinated with technology. I would buy like computer programming magazines and you know, bring it with me to school and use the school's computer or go to my aunt's house and use my aunt's computer to retype in all these programming pieces. So I always loved developing and coding and, and it was just kind of naturally what I always wanted to do. And I guess the nice kind of um, corollary is that I was also you know, somewhat good at it. So it's always, always good. You can find something that you're, you're good at and you love to do. And when they come together, it, it makes for a, certainly a good career so far. Awesome. Awesome. We've well, done some incredible stuff and gone to some in interesting, exciting places too. So kudos, especially for a place for a home that didn't have a computer till I would have thought you were going to tell me that, Oh, from an early age, I was working in the shop building things, you know, the computers and taking it apart and you know, something like that. Well, I mean, maybe my dad wasn't so happy about it. I took plenty of things apart. I just didn't get my hands on, a, on computers until I was a senior in high school. Nice. Nice. That's funny. I like that. Okay. Um, so, all right. We're getting ready to talk about AI here today and stuff like this. And, but before we do that, let's talk a little about Edmentum. Uh, what is Edmentum's main focus? So we are, our main focus is on K through 12 education. We, we primarily serve the K through 12 education market here in the US as well as the UK and um, globally as well. But our focus is K through 12 education and, and building online teaching and learning systems. So that is everything from you know, K through 12 courses um, and assessments that, you know, uh, as you talked about in the intro are, you know, what's unique about what we provide is, is that combination of assessment and curriculum together, how we can use them together to be able to adapt and understand where a student's at um, and be able to ensure that we're putting the right resources, the right information and materials in front of students um, always at the right time. And on top of that, then we have a, a fantastic services organization that does everything from you know, consulting on how to best implement virtual programs, how to best implement our programs within a district, um, as well as providing teachers uh, and other educational um, services to school districts in need as well. So not only can we provide the curriculum and the software and the platforms, but we can also provide um, every other aspect, you know, meeting, meeting our district partners where they need us to meet them. Very cool. So 
so in the school setting, where do most teachers see Edmentum at work? I mean, what, what tools might they likely see uh, and, and say, oh, I know what he's talking about. Yeah, certainly. So if you, you know, we've, Adventure has been around, our history is, is very rich and very deep. We're actually celebrating our 60th year, uh, nice. 60th anniversary this year in EdTech. So we were the original EdTech. Uh, there were systems that were built called the, the Plato Learning Systems um, 60 years ago now, 61 years ago, actually. Um, it started at the University of Illinois uh, as a research project and has really expanded and grown from there. So certainly, you know, names that that might be recognizable are Plato and the Plato Courseware, and that's evolved now into a, a rich um, six through 12 um, online courses platform. Additionally, Study Island is another very popular product uh, that Edmentum has that's been, you know, used by millions and millions of students, millions and millions of teachers uh, over its year. Also a very innovative platform, one of the, the first to do what it was doing uh, at the time. And our newest entrant is a product called ExactPath. And ExactPath takes the results of a benchmark assessment that a district uses and creates a, a personalized adaptive learning path for a student based on that. And so really, again, personalizing and individualizing the learning for a student. Gotcha. The, uh, and I appreciate you sharing that. And by the way, I'm very familiar with Study Island. That was, uh, as a former principal, uh, one of those tools that uh, was uh, quite helpful in helping kids get um, get caught up, get accelerated, that type of thing. So good stuff. Yeah, it's got a rich history and we're doing well, and we'll talk about it, I think, a little bit, but yep. it's uh, it, we're doing some really exciting things with it as well. Very cool. So, you know, we're getting ready to talk about Edmentum and AI, but before we do that, can we talk just a little bit about AI? I mean, where are we right now? And and before you answer that question, I got I to gotta ask you my favorite question. <laughs> to <laughs> All ask right. Anybody in technology, which goes like this. All right. I'm a big fan of a writer who uh, has since passed on, but uh, he wrote the books uh, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Have you ever read them? I've never read them, but I'm, oh. I'm familiar. <laughs> no, no. Say it isn't so. Okay. Uh, um, anyway, uh, um, Douglas Adams is uh, a fan. If you ever get a chance, awesome, very satirical. I mean, he's he's making fun of English society <laughs> and so forth and, and the world as a whole, but uh, um Good stuff. But in there, there's, uh, um, you know, AI and robots and things like this, that, mm -hmm. that that it'd be scary if we ever got to this planet, which is one of the things that drives everybody nuts in it is that the the uh, the doors and the um, computers, everything's happy to uh, have helped you. So they tell you, thank you and have a nice day, you know, that type of thing. And uh, uh -huh. um, share and enjoy. And you know, to the point that the main um, the main. Uh, characters get a little frustrated with them after a while, which brings me to this whole idea of where we are with AI. So I'll forget, forget that world for a minute. I, I just, uh, um, I, what I like to ask is that, uh, um, you know, are, are we really into artificial intelligence or are we just hoping we're there and we're pretending? I mean, what, what is it that, uh, where are we? Yeah. I think if you think about artificial intelligence, you know, there's, I, there's probably a million ways to explain it, but I think of it, um, in terms of maybe being at three different stages. So the first stage of artificial intelligence is where you're able to use artificial intelligence to learn about things and, and really predict what's coming or predict the next steps and, and automating, you know, truly kind of automating and making things easier. So if you think about recommendation engines that we see on all the popular commerce sites, that's also very relevant in education in terms of, you know, getting insight and providing the right recommendations or the next steps or being able to automate tasks, um, you know, that, that, 
in the past what has typically been you know really challenging to do or certainly i think the most ubiquitous form of of ai that we're all used to is is interacting with you know alexa and siri and all sorts of you know natural you know natural voice interactions as well is certainly a a very kind of robust portion of ai so you know when we have that that's where we're at and the, those technologies like i said are ubiquitous across you know our everyday lives but are becoming more and more relevant in education as well and so um exciting things there you know that next step of where there's a lot of this happening maybe not as much quite in education yet but where we're excited about is where these systems actually continue to learn and improve themselves, right? Systems that exist today, for the most part, you build the intelligence into them, and then you're refreshing models or you're retraining models to, you know, based on the data it's gathered and new things it can learn and what we do, and you continue to revise. But then you kind of have these self-learning, self-revising um, systems, um, you know, which is really that next phase. And then and in the end, you, when you're getting to truly artificial intelligence, right, where it's it's kind of a, a living being, you know, moving and thinking on its own and, you know, whether that's Ultron and the Avengers movies or other <laughs> things, right? Then, right. Um, we're not quite, we're not quite there yet um, outside of, you know, maybe science fiction movies and books and those kind of things, but um, definitely someday it'll be uh, here. It's uh, interesting whether we want to be at that planet or not, but uh, <laughs> you know, it's, uh, but the predicting and so forth, it's interesting. Some of that stuff. I mean, just like, you know, my, my favorite all time kind of, exciting creepiness factor goes goes with the uh um the little travel uh, gps apps when they mm -hmm. anticipate that you normally on this day at certain times go on this trip so therefore if you were to leave right now steve it will take you approximately one hour and 34 minutes yeah would you like to <laughs> you know whatever it suggests now obviously i've added the voice but it's like whoa dude it's like yeah it's, like and that's what that's today what AI is so good at, right? You're looking at this this large data set and you're using, you know, statistical methods and other, you know, really advanced methods to be able to get extremely accurate predictions of this is what the next, you know, whether it's what your next step is or this is how traffic's going to behave. You know, that's that's where we are today in terms of, you know, that's that's the level of of AI and intelligence and and machine learning that we've really nailed and you know, it's, you're just seeing kind of explode and applied in all sorts of different areas. And that's, it's amazing. You know, it is like, it, it, like sometimes when those things work and often they do, it, it does feel a bit magical and creepy. Yeah, it's, well, <laughs> especially that it, it's like, you know, you just, just sort of say, um, okay, Siri, are you watching every move I'm making? Why? Yes, mm -hmm. Steve, I am, <laughs> you know, expecting it to have some sort <laughs> yeah, of comment. Exactly. Do you have a problem with it? <laughs> I can make life difficult on you if you'd like me to. <laughs> yeah. What else do you think I'm doing hanging out here? Of course I'm listening. <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly. I, and it's, it's funny what you said. I mean, uh, uh, funny, it's not, the, <laughs> not funny. Ha ha. It's, it's cool because like you said, most of our interactions on a daily basis in, in our households are with like Siri and Alexa and so forth. And, mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, and I, I recently learned of the way too much Star Trek watching gentleman who turned his, who made it so that it answers to computer <laughs> respond <laughs> right. or whatever. So, but uh, good, good stuff. And just as a note, I, I got to tell you, when I talk AI, I, I just really, it's cool that, uh, do you, do you pay attention to any of the, the Mars Rover stuff? Yeah. My, uh, my middle son and I watched, you know, all of that happen just a few weeks ago here and just amazing. I haven't, I haven't been like really immersed in it, but you know, certainly 
took a took a few minutes to watch um, yeah, it arriving on Mars and and some of the things, you know, images and things that have been sent back. It's it is mind blowing. It really is. And, uh, you know, one of the things I love is I can't wait for more about this helicopter. I mean, I watched the little the, the little animations about it and stuff like this. And it's like uh, this is cool. This is like the the droid from sorry, I'm very geeky with this type of stuff. All right. So mm -hmm. uh, um, it's like the the droid uh, enemy droids that, uh, you know, Han Solo and Luke are always trying to kill and Chewbacca are shooting down and stuff like this. <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah, yeah, exactly. You, you see this little thing flying and hovering. It's like, nice. All right. So next thing you know, you're going to see someone just whap it out of the sky or something. But yeah, um, yeah someone recently told me that uh, Mars is the only planet entirely inhabited by robots. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, I guess that's a good, well, so far as we know, maybe yeah, right, we'll learn exactly. something new, right? <laughs> <laughs> right. Until... <laughs> Stop messing around on my planet. <laughs> exactly. Anyway, uh, so, all right, I'll come back into this world now. <laughs> uh, so let's shift to AI and Admentum. In, in a recent article on Admentum's blog, this was noted. One of the reasons educators implement online learning is to save time. But with the continued growth and evolution of available tools, teachers often face an information and feature overload that can outweigh potential time savings and even limit the success of the implementation. And I, I nearly choked on my Wheaties when I read this because it's so right. All right, the, yeah. the writer of this is, uh, is exactly knows the frustration that a lot of teachers have. Going, you want me to do this, but now there's all these other cool tools over here, and when do you, and you want me to get it all done by tomorrow? <laughs> nice. Yeah. So let's talk about this. Yeah. So I think you know when you think about educators, even before 2020, it was very true that there's some of the most the busiest, most dedicated people on the planet, right? You know, in every minute, especially during that classroom day is a precious minute that they're working, right? They, they barely have time to run to the bathroom. They barely have time to make their lunch, like let alone time to understand a complex software product. And even though, you know, I think the, the essence of that quote is that even though that product can help them in the long run and is, you know, can, can really be um, a boost to their productivity from day to day, how do you find the time to actually get in there and use it and understand it. And once you do, sometimes you're overwhelmed with so much information that you're not exactly sure what information should you be taking action on, what you should be doing with that information, what's the right place to look, what's the right report to pull or those sorts of things. And so it, it can become, you know, it can, the power of a system can actually turn the other way and make someone, you know, almost a little bit paralyzed or not having the right understanding of of how they should be using it and, and wasting time because that the time that an educator can spend with with directly with a student or with their class is the most valuable time that we have and so um taking that time away is is a challenging proposition most definitely and that's you know and unfortunately um now what i'm about to say is going to really date me but uh there was a day there was a day when uh, i was in a classroom and uh <laughs> i was in a school system where we had uh they, they had these meetings and they were getting these, these computers and they brought, brought us all into these, these training rooms and they showed us up on the board what we might be able to do with the computer. I, I, want, I did not misspoke, all right? I misspeak there. I, what we might be able to do with the computer. They showed us these really cool morphing programs and things like that, but we didn't have any computers <laughs> to, to work with it, nor the software or anything of that stuff. So we sat there and went, ah, nice, yes. <laughs> The art of the possible, but yeah. what, what does that do for me now? <laughs> exactly. And where I was actually going with that is that, 
sometimes that's the world that teachers get into is that what does that do for me now is exactly mm -hmm. a great point because if I can't learn it fast enough and it takes too long to do it. And I, I thought that was cool that, you know, you guys have this kind of as a focus understanding that. Yeah, absolutely. You know, when I came into the industry 11 years ago, I've been at, uh, at Mentum 11 years at that point, you know, there was constant conversation and fear about ed tech replacing the teacher, ed tech taking the role of the teacher. And what, you know, what, what I'm really excited about how the industry has evolved and how everyone's thinking has evolved, like that just isn't as big of a thing anymore. You just don't hear about it because it's, it's absolutely clear that the technology and the programs and the platforms and the curriculum that we build are tools for the teacher that can help make that teacher's day better. And, and we embrace that as part of our mission at Admentum is that, you know, we are an educator's most trusted partner um, in doing what they do best and helping enhance what they do and making their lives easier, um, allowing them to serve their students better and, and being that partner. Um, because you have to, right? I mean, that's just the way that you need to be successful of really helping in the classroom because if, you know, if you're not putting a product that, that doesn't lead to the student outcomes that you're trying to get in front of a student or providing the teacher the right tools and insight that you're wasting people's times when we can't do that in education. Oh, you're right. And, you know, what ends up happening is that it becomes, you know, there's something really cool that they could be using. Notice I said could. <laughs> yeah. But some of them will choose not to because they don't know how to use it and they're taking too much time. So they choose to, to push yeah. it aside. I, you know, I actually, <clears throat> I, I've actually known colleagues who've, they just turned the computer into a, or the technology into a big paperweight because they decided that uh, they didn't have time to learn what they needed to learn. <laughs> mm -hmm. It's like, nice. You know, it's kind of yeah. take, takes a little bit of learning, man. But anyway. <laughs> You know, so good stuff. So let's talk about it. Ed Minim has introduced an AI chatbot called Eon. Um, can you, and it's meant to help educators with the learning curve. Can you tell us what it is and how it works? Sure. So, yeah. So Eon is our Edmentum online navigator. It's a virtual uh, advisor for a teacher. So when you think about the scenario we we're just talking about, especially this year, you know, like everything, it's been magnified exponentially in terms of, uh, you know, the stresses uh, upon a teacher and, and what they're being asked to do this year. But when a teacher logs into Study Island, um, there's a set of tasks we know that that teacher needs to be able to go through to be successful and to successfully implement Study Island and get all the great benefits of it. Um, kind of regardless of, you know, what we understand is regardless of how easy we make that system, how much, you know, how limited training is needed, we always want to make that faster and easier. So what Eon does is it uses, again, like we were talking about natural language processing. So in the form of a chat bot, you're not talking to it, but you're, you're typing to it. And it, it leads the educator through all the things they need to do. So the first thing you're logging in, it's leading them through rostering the students. And then it's automatically asking, hey, you rostered a bunch of students. Do you want to create a class? And once you've created a class, do you want to create an assignment? Um, and it's doing all this through, you know, just asking questions or responding to the commands that an educator puts in. And then uh, specifically around, you know, finding the right standards. So that's always a challenge. Right? I'm teaching third grade fractions in Texas. Help me find that right standard. And being able to do that all through just uh, a conversational chatbot, and in the back end, the software is just doing all the work rather than you know pushing you to a screen or walking you through it. It's just happening on the back end for you. It's interacting with the Study Island platform itself, completing all that work. And so we've been able to, you know, take what what was a twenty to thirty minute onboarding process and make it a three to five minute onboarding process that's driven purely through just having a conversation with Eon. Nice. 
Gotta like yeah. that. So, um, sorry, I'm laughing because all I was thinking was that seeing that uh, Eon's this little hologram sitting next to you. That <laughs> hey, Eon. So how you doing today? Oh, I'm good, Steve. Guys, nice to see you again. And uh, yeah. so, what stupid question you gonna ask me today? Well, <laughs> it is. Well, I don't know if they're stupid questions, but they're. It is pretty funny. Uh, we do get a kick out of sometimes looking at the back end at some of the questions that people do ask Eon and uh, people definitely want to, you know, are skeptical of how some of this AI works and definitely wants to put it through its paces. So we've, uh, we're always, you know, students always put interesting things into the system, but uh, teachers have a tendency to, to be pretty comical as well. I can imagine. I can imagine. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Especially, especially skeptical ones. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. So uh, that's, that's funny. Okay. Um, and by the way, I just want to remind everybody that uh, Paul is not the one who used the S word. It was me. Okay. So, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. The, um, you know, it's, it's funny because uh, I, I have a relative who back when um, American on um, AOL, there we go, boy, almost screwed up his name, um, came about. Uh, he was one of the original people that if you called in, you may have gotten him at a help desk. Right. And, uh, and one of the things that he learned was to ask people if it was plugged into the wall in power, as well as if they had connected the, uh, um, the cable to it. And uh, um, people would say, what? Yeah. <laughs> what is it? Is it Occam's razor? That's your principle of like, it's probably the simplest thing that's gone wrong right. is, is the thing that's happening. So yeah, I think that's a good start with the basics and make sure that like, do you have power going to the device? Yeah. What? I just thought you took it out of the box and you set it there and come on, you are the computer. Talk to me. <laughs> so so I, I was just wondering if there was any questions like that with Eon. So can you do this for me? <laughs> yeah, there, there are some of those, but some of the more like they're just random. You know, they, the people, I think, just have a habit of of using those chatbots to solve anything. So, you know what's the weather or, you know, how long is it going to take me to get home? <laughs> nice, nice. That, well, that, that, now that really brings me to, uh, um, sorry, I'm going to come back to Hitchhiker's Guide here. Um, there's a, an Android in there called Marvin. who's always complaining that he has the brain, the size of a universe and people keep asking him to, to like take the trash out and things like this. So, so yeah. So Eon's getting asked questions like that too. Isn't yeah, it? pretty much. <laughs> nice. All right. So, uh, you know, at some point you're going to say, you know, why wouldn't he leave that book alone? Anyway, um, <laughs> so well, so far it's becoming more compelling now. You know, maybe, uh, maybe that'll bring my spring break book. There you go. There you go. Awesome. Just know that it's it's one of the very few uh, four book trilogies that ever was existed. <laughs> so <laughs> the four book trilogy. OK, yes, he decided once he got to the third one, he had to write a fourth. <laughs> nice. So anyway, the, uh, you know, so let's talk about the future of Eon. What I mean, where do you see this going? What do you? Does it have? Do they have like plans for it to, uh, uh, to become more helpful to students as well as the teachers? Or, yeah, absolutely. So you know, it may not be in the in the form of a, a chat bot and and branded as Eon the way it is. But when we think about AI, we definitely think that there you know is a long way to go in terms of how we use uh, AI to help improve serving our students. There's definitely, you know, you really get into you know, going in a more serious line, but we get into ethical considerations, privacy considerations. So we have to be very careful from that perspective and also into efficacy considerations, right? You can, it's one thing to help 
drive a teacher through a moderately known path. It's another thing to directly impact a student's education. And so doing it in a efficacious way that we know that is, is the right way to do it. So kind of how we, how we look at these diff these things take, take totally different approaches. But when you think at the, at the possibility of AI and what it can do for either a teacher or a student, you know, you often think of AI as a single student sitting in front of a single device and the AI behind, you know, the interface that they're working with, helping guide that student down a path. But when you think about some of the more complex things that a teacher has to do, it is how do you navigate and coordinate this whole classroom of activities and smaller groups and finding the right groupings for those students or finding the right curriculum for 30 different students. And so when we think about the teacher and the possibilities for the teacher, a lot of it becomes in kind of this coordination of all the complex activities that, that are involved in a single student's education, rather than just a single student interacting with the curriculum. And we think about the student, it is again, you know, where AI is just, is amazing and has so many capabilities is understanding the broader context. So if you're, if you're working with a student today and AI is learning about what that student does, you know, it may see that all of a sudden the student is doing really good at math and saying, great, you know, our curriculum is working fantastic and we accelerate that student. What we might not see on the back end is that student has an uncle or an aunt at home that's helping them with their curriculum every night and that's what's driving some of the gains or it might be that their social emotional you know learning uh social emotional issues that that a student may have had and maybe they've gotten past some of that so some of the things you know purely outside of any academic pieces impacting a student's progress are there and so the more we can understand uh about a student and about all the different things impacting that student's education that's where we get to some extremely powerful uh, things that we can do and that that we're excited about moving forward. That's cool. And by the way, no kid's uncle or aunt sits down and does it for them. Really? <laughs> <laughs> maybe not. Yeah, maybe not. Maybe not. An uncle well, no, no, no. I agree with you. I, that's, yeah, that's, that's an awesome example because that does happen. Right. It's like, yeah, especially if uh, they're like, we're going to sit here and you're going to get interested in this. And next thing you know, it's the, yeah, <laughs> somebody's doing, you know, whatever the activity is, but it may not yeah. be the kid, you know. I'm a I'm a scout leader, and the the classic like I don't know if you are familiar with scouts, but like the Super Bowl of Cub Scouting is this thing called the Pinewood Derby, and that is the Most classic. Definitely. Like it's supposed to be, it's supposed to be the kid building the cars, but when you're doing weigh-ins, you know, you get these cars with like a paint job that's better than you know my actual car. And exactly. <laughs> yeah. Coming in in like a velvet packed case, like who really worked on this? <laughs> I love that example. By the way, you're talking to a former uh, scout. Uh, um, Scoutmaster here. So, uh, oh, very nice. All right. And, uh, so we have, uh, so I know exactly what you're talking about. So, <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's my favorite thing is that you, uh, when you have the, the work, the nights where you're working on it and you're supposed to be doing it as a den and so forth, working on those cars and, and, uh, um, someone says, uh, oh, you know, let's, let's not go to your garage. How about you come over to my workshop? And, and, uh, I don't know if you've had that experience or not. And you go to the workshop and you're like, Oh my gosh. Is this like owned by some, you know, like Ford in Detroit or something? Yeah. Where there's like, a, there's literally a test track set up. And... <laughs> yes, exactly. It's like, <laughs> yeah. hmm, we're a little into this, aren't we? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> nice. I, yeah, <laughs> there's nothing like that experience. <laughs> anyway. All right. But uh, good stuff. So, uh, you know, one of the things that, uh, um, it's, it's really cool also is the use of AI with AR. <laughs> I got I love <laughs> lots of letters, lots of letters, 
AI with AR, augmented reality, and VR, virtual reality, to create activities that help all students experience unlimited types of educational experiences. Let's go there. Yeah, yeah. There, I mean, it is just fantastic, right? With with what AI can bring in terms of providing equitable experiences and equity, and AI, or sorry, AR and VR are certainly two of the technologies. So we've we've really embraced AR, and a lot of it goes again to the equity part. VR is unbelievable and amazing, but it still takes. Um, you know, an investment in proprietary hardware and, you know, that hardware is coming down, but it's just not as widely available as devices that can do AR, which is pretty much any phone, iPads, Android tablets, those kind of things. And so we've embraced um, using AR, at least initially, uh, with where the market is and are doing some really neat things. We have a partnership with a company called Boulevard Arts out of New York City. Um, and we've published a lot of um, actually using more social studies and arts uh, pushed into our English curriculum to be able to provide experiences for students to, you know, go to a museum and look at a painting or since it's AR, they're taking their phone and they're actually putting, you know, a painting on the wall or, you know, experiencing what a painter did and being able to use that as inspiration for a writing assignment or others. And it's just been, you know, super fantastic to see how that's how that's happening. We're also doing some things on the science side with, uh, you know, that is more VR uh, doing, you know, frog dissection and, and those types of experiments that especially in a, a world like we had this last year uh, or any time that a student is working in virtual education that you can provide these experience that are getting so close to lifelike um, for anyone anywhere, right? And it, and it does start to break down some of those barriers of, who, who has the ability to go to, you know, on a museum trip or a field trip to be able to see something and who doesn't, um, but being able to provide those basically across, you know, the entire student population. Yeah, it's so cool. I, I've used some different uh, um, tools like this, uh, the AR um, tools where it looks like you're hold, you swear you're holding something <laughs> yeah. in your hand. It's like, oh my gosh, man. What is, and uh, the, the heart twists around or you're looking at the frog or whatever. Now I got to tell you, you know, you're visiting a, a museum or something, someplace, the caves, you know, wherever you're going, that's just cool stuff. I, you know, this is a note though, if they could just add smell vision to it, you know, like a musty <laughs> damp smell to the exactly. caves or the museum or, or, I mean, there's nothing, I mean, if, if you really want us to believe you're dissecting the frog, then add the nice smells of formaldehyde and all that. Sort yeah. Of stuff. Oh yeah. I mean, that is a you know, quintessential <laughs> part of that experience that we never forget, but exactly. Because I mean, it never fails. You always had the dissection class right before you went to lunch, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, it's, I'm pretty sure it's in the standards that that's how you have to do it. I think you're right. So, so it wouldn't matter with the AR stuff. That's cool. The, uh, yeah. I was hoping you would explain the, uh, um, that cooperative work there with the, uh, over the artwork and such. There's a, you know, um, to my listeners in my show notes, I'll have a link to this, uh, um, YouTube video where you can watch where they show the kids using it and so forth with uh, different artwork and such. It's really cool. <laughs> oh yeah. It's amazing. It's just, it's one of those, we do a lot of work and it's one of the things I miss the most about, you know, being at home all the time is that had the chance to go and visit, you know, all sorts of districts. And it's those moments when you're working with kids and they see that kind of technology and, you know, just the face lights up and that we talk about engagement a lot and man, there's just <laughs> the level of engagement that happens with technologies like that is something like you just don't see in other areas. It's so fun to watch. That's so cool. Very cool. The, uh, so I got, uh, so as far as admin is concerned, where's AI going next? What, what you got going, what you got in the plans? 
Yeah, so I think it's a little bit of what we talked about already, right? It's definitely from a teacher perspective, kind of coordinating and navigating the these complex classroom situations, understanding the best way to organize things for a student. Again, really, you know, partnering with a teacher to provide them the best information to provide them tools that can help navigate that day. So it's it's going more from from helping them work through a, a relatively fixed or relatively known experience to really being able to understand what's happening and give them guidance specifically on the, the context that's happening in their classroom. Um, and on the student side, it's really, I hesitate to even call it this, but but when you think about it, you know, at its core, it's evolving some of the ways that you assess a student. When you're, when you're assessing a student, you're trying to understand deeply what they learn, uh, what they've learned and what they understand. And if you look at the power of AI and what AI can do in terms of, you know, not only are we, are we analyzing the quality of writing for an English assignment, AI has the ability to go look at all of the students writing assignments, whether it's for social studies or for math, you know, responding to a math problem and be able to give just a much more comprehensive view. And so some of the, some of the things that, you know, aren't yet invented or aren't yet known and done, um, I think are going to be more around that area and how we can, you know, learn better ways to assess students without actually assessing them, without them, you know, having to, to worry about that. And they can focus on uh, the right things in terms of focusing on their classroom and focusing on their learning. And, and we can use AI to, to be able to see things, see patterns in that data that, that just aren't possible for us to look at broadly. That is so cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of just amazing, amazing, amazing things. And the possibilities are just, are endless. And with, uh, you know, where we've come from computing power and platforms with cloud providers, the ability to do the, the computation necessary to build some of these magical things like we were talking about before really is, it's really there. It's possible. That's what's, you know, I mean, it's, it's just hard to, to talk about when you, I mean, we started off this conversation, you know, reflecting on uh, the rovers up on Mars and some things like that. And, you know, and it's, it's cool. Some of the stuff that we don't have to go to Mars, <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, some of the stuff that we can help the kids think about and create and uh, um, help drive their brains towards thinking about uh, uh, right in their own classroom, living room, um, as long as the pandemic is going on, their own house, whatever, yeah. but good stuff. So very neat. Just, just a side note. I, I can remember a long time ago, uh, once again, and I, I got to go back in my memory here and, uh, <laughs> you know, and um, I had a math teacher who gave extra credit if you'd stay after school and he, he had all these magazines, he, he sponsored the computer club and mm -hmm. he had all these magazines. If you sat there and you took the magazines and you, you punched in the, uh, um, the, the, all the details of the program so that he'd develop all these goofy games <laughs> that uh, were in his, that his computer classes could mess around with. And, uh, you know, I learned an important thing called save. Um, yeah. Cause it wasn't just there when he came back the next day, it's like, it's gone. What happened? Well, did you save it? What's, what do you mean? Save it. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah. But we've come a long way since those days and, you know, uh, where we are now, where the, you know, we're talking about uh, computer predicting, helping you understand things a little bit better and uh, being able to ask it questions so it can explain it to you a little bit better, whatever. I mean, mm -hmm. how cool is that? Yeah, it is. <laughs> it is wild stuff. That is for sure. Most definitely. Okay. So, um, you know, Paul, if someone wanted to connect with you or learn more, where would you send them? Um, you can hit me up on LinkedIn or Twitter or probably the easiest places for sure. Um, relatively easy to find there, but I guess the, the normal socials are a good way to go. 
Very cool. Very cool. So I'll have uh, lots of that in my uh, show notes so people can find it there. The, uh, and uh, we'll have links there to all that good stuff, as well as links to all the, um, the blog articles that I was talking about as well. So good stuff. I got two questions I asked my guest, Paul, before we go. Yep. Um, and the first one goes like this. How do you keep going when so much is going on that you may want to quit? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, you know, and there, there are situations you get in that, that you feel like that. I guess from my perspective, you know, I grew up with fairly humble beginnings um, and I have an appreciation for kind of regardless of your situation, there is someone out there that has a tougher situation that's having to work harder for what they're doing than what you are. And so, you know, kind of just stay in the moment and appreciate what you have and, and keep pushing. Um, and the other thing is that, you know, my grandma always used to say uh, she would coordinate things like, you know, the church auxiliary and, and things, but she would always say, if you want to get something done, um, just go f- ask the busiest person you can find. They're going to, you know, help get it done. And so I think it's surrounding yourself with like-minded people that, that know how to get things done that you want to get done and, and push forward. Excellent advice. Excellent. Last question. Do you have a teacher in your past who made a difference in your life? If so, who was it? And what would you say if given the chance to say thank you? Yeah, I mean, I've been, you know, and I think we all have these teachers, right? I've been so fortunate to have teachers who've um, who kind of led me along the way. And, and uh, but one that comes to mind, especially in the, in the context of what we're talking about was actually when uh, I went to a community college, Fergus Falls Community College. I grew up in a really small rural farming tarn, town here in Minnesota, graduated with about 30 kids from high school. So pretty, pretty small class. Um, and I went to community college. And at that point, like I still, I still viewed computers and programming and everything as just fun. And there was a, a instructor there, Mr. Kwame was his name, Kent Kwame. He's still there. Um, and he, he was basically the one that that pushed me to say like, you could actually make this a career. And he's a really funny guy. And, you know, but then basically the way he put it is like, you're an idiot. Like you really think that you can't do this for a living. Like this is one of the fastest growing things out there. Like you're a smart guy, but you're clearly a bonehead, like go do it. Um, and so he, you know, kind of opened my eyes to maybe where I was otherwise being naive and, and just said, go for it. There's tons of opportunity here. You're fit well to do it. And, and it kind of just changed my mindset on, on, that I could make it into a career and it's been, it's been a fantastic ride ever since really. That's awesome. That's cool. Yeah. It's always, you always need someone to, you know, kind of smack you upside the head, kick you upside the head, whatever you want to say to kind of get you thinking the right way. That's good stuff. Yeah. Cool. Very cool. Uh, Well, Paul, I can't thank you enough for talking with me today. I appreciate you telling us about Edmentum and the many awesome uses of AI for students and educators alike and, and uh, stuff that's on its way. Wishing you the best in all you do. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for having me. It was a fantastic conversation. I appreciate it. Teaching Learning Leading K-12 is excited to be a member of Voice Ed Radio. Voice Ed Radio, your voice is right here. Teaching Learning Leading K-12 is a proud member of the Education Podcast Network. Podcasts for educators podcast by educators. The opinions expressed on Teaching Learning Leading K-12 are those of the guests and hosts. Teaching Learning Leading K-12 is intended to share ideas, advice, and suggestions for classroom teachers and school administrators. Teaching Learning Leading K-12 is produced for educational purposes. Thanks for listening, and I hope you'll share it with your friends.